Hello and welcome to the Phil Swallow podcast. It is Friday the 4th of November. This is episode number 131. Hello again, hello. And that's partly because it's been a few weeks since I've done one. But also, can you guess the song and the singer? Answers on a whatever method you want to choose to answer on. So, uh, I've got some really good reasons why I've been away because it's been incredibly busy. Uh, not necessarily in terms of things like paid work and stuff, but just other stuff. Uh, so in the last episode, I just recently attended a kind of trade event. And um, one of the guys there, Philip Bloom, demonstrated the benefits of using a 360 degree camera. And I must admit, I was taken by it. And I think I indicated in the last um, uh, video, no, no. <laughs> the last podcast that I might be interested well I, it was an itch that I had to scratch and I bought one uh, bought the Insta360 X3 and as I've done with quite a bit of gear in recent times I kind of look around my gear shelves and think do I really use that and I put a couple of old lenses up for sale well, not not too old um, and actually the one that I thought might sell quicker hasn't sold yet and I possibly need to take it off sale and then try again in the future. But the other one sold really quickly and I got a nice price for it. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of owed money, if you see what I mean, for when um, when I sell it. But this 360 camera is something else. I mean, I've only done a couple of trials. I've not, I've not made a video for YouTube yet using it. But it's quite incredible that you're just recording everything in the 360-degree circle around the camera. Uh, it's even got this clever way of taking out, out the stick, the kind of pole, extended pole, like a selfie stick, I suppose, that you uh, that you use. Um, and it, and I just found it with a little bit of trial that I've done. It, it was really clever. Now, you know, there are one or two things you have to do in terms of technique. But by and large, it's, it's what it gives you when you edit. So if I'm doing one of my, my kind of walk and talk vlogs when I'm walking along the road, uh, I can just choose when I'm editing it uh, what, what what view I want to put on it and I can kind of mix around, which I thought was really clever. So I can either show what I'm looking at, what's behind me and what's either side of me. So if I'm walking along a high street, you know, I could just reference shops and I don't need to keep turning the camera. So I think when I fully get used to it and apply it in the sort of stuff that I do, it's going to be a really valuable tool. And I think when you get to know exactly the how to get the best out of it then you kind of work towards that when you're actually doing the filming so I've not really done much on the editing side just yet uh, the editing suite which they provide for free uh, as part of the kind of purchase is very good looks very capable just upload your footage and then sort of choose the angles and stuff like that as you go um, and I think it's something that I just need to spend a bit of time on um, and bearing in mind, I'm still editing the, uh, sorry that my, <laughs> I just got a little buzz on my notifications because I might get a phone call while I'm recording this. I'm expecting an engineer for my Virgin Media internet, which is one of the items to talk about fairly soon on the agenda. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I've been doing lots of work on the, um, Peak District video. I'm up to just starting day six of seven. So I've kind of done okay. Uh, learnt a lot on the way and I'm using some of the techniques in Ian Anderson's book which I mentioned in the previous episode just to get better at what I do just to look to continually improve so uh, that'd be fun when that finally gets out there hopefully in the coming weeks 
and I've had to put back some other stuff that I wanted to do. So I've I've reached the uh, the level I wanted to get to of research for the local kind of water history and um, typhoid outbreak of 1937 t- type of thing that I'm going to work on. Um, so I'm kind of good to go, just subject to me making some notes and putting a kind of script in air quotes together. So what's happened a lot this month is uh, prep for Sue's big birthday. Um, come on to that shortly because that was earlier this week. Uh, just after the last video, we went to see one of these uh, national theatre productions of Jack Absolute Flies Again, which is loosely based on Chaucer's The Rivals, but it was very, very good. Uh, so this is where it's a national theatre production that's filmed and then we pay and see the film in the local cinema. And it works really well. We've seen a couple of those now. So uh, so that was out of a bit of leisure time. Um, I had a, a meeting about the history of Selsden with with a resident who, well, her father wrote some articles that form part of a video that I did before, the Rousel Chronicles, and uh, he's in his mid-90s now. And I, so I spoke with his daughter, and um, there's we're going to try and arrange a meet-up if we can, but it's like trying to schedule these things in is really tough at the moment. So that's on the go. We've still got, um, I say still got, the uh, poor little cat, I'm not even sure, I think probably did cover this in previous episodes. So we've got two cats, one's a sort of smaller one and the other's a bit bigger. And the smaller one's got uh, a tumour and it's not looking good. She's really shown sort of signs of leaving off food much more now, not being very active, bless her. And uh, I think it's only going to be a matter of days that either it happens or we have to make one of those horrible decisions and say goodbye. Tough times. Um, these things often are a feature when you have pets. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been tough recently. Um, but we've been trying to do lots of other things on top of that. Uh, so yes, Virgin Media installation. Well, this was booked back in September. A very um, keen salesman said, this is what you need to go for. And we were going to go for a a faster speed than we had we had about 500 550 and this is about 800 and you get a bit more get about 10 percent more and then about a 50 actually it may have been higher upload i'm talking in megabits per second but also it gave the ability to have a dongle which is basically a 4g sim connection and if there's a problem on the virgin media network or infrastructure that means they can't supply internet to your home this will automatically switch in so you'll still have internet albeit slower speed because it's on 4G uh, and they will automatically not notice and register the complaint and go on about fixing it. Well, very odd thing happened on the day of installation. Uh, the guy was beefing away and said, oh yeah, it's all done. He showed me a speed test and uh, I said, what about this SIM card that came through to go in the dongle? He said, oh yeah, I keep seeing those at installations and um, there's nowhere to put them so I just don't bother. Okay, right. Well, basically from that day onwards, we just had continual dropouts. Absolute disaster. Um, couldn't get 2.4G or 5G in, in the Wi-Fi. Ethernet went. It was just awful. It was consistent um, reboots. Calling the support team, I use that term loosely, uh, they arranged for an engineer to come out. It was about a week later, almost a week later, uh, give or take, he seemed a bit more experienced. Um, as part of the, the various various things that he tried, I mentioned this SIM card. He said, oh, no, you just have to prise the the cover off and then you can insert the SIM. He said, it's, it's never going to work without that SIM. 
I said, well, have a word with Dan, your engineer, because he's going around telling everyone, oh, I don't know why I need this SIM. Well, for every customer that he served, they haven't got a 4G backup for their internet. Well done, Dan. So what happened is that this router, it's quite clear. I mean, he, he checked everything. He checked all the cables. He checked all the connections. He even renewed a little box thing that's in the house that takes the outside cable and allows it to convert to an inside one. He replaced everything. He said, all the signals are strong, so it must be the router. And it was like, no, hmm, Sherlock, because I could tell you that the router's failed because the previous router was perfect. So, put a new router in. Could not get it to authenticate with the centre, so we couldn't get any internet. I said, can you try another one? Oh, well, yeah, Dan's up the road. I'll get one from him. This is dodgy Dan. I'll, I'll probably call him because of the SIM issue. So, he met with Dan halfway or something. It was about a mile or so away brought in this router, so this is number three, and uh, I said, that's not new. That's got white paint on it, and it's got no, you know, like you get the cellophane cover over any new device, a phone or a, you know, any sort of electronic device covering the screen, a protection thing for transit. Well, it, it didn't even have one of those on. Um, yeah, so white paint on there where it had been sort of scuffed against the wall. I said, oh, one, and one also thing, also one other thing, when I looked in, um, to find it on the Wi-Fi, someone had renamed it My Home and My Home 5G. So it was from someone else's house. No doubt taken away from that person's house because it didn't work. Surprise, surprise, this didn't work. The reason it didn't work, though, was because he had the reference number of the the correct one and was trying to poll it with this wrong one that he'd plumbed into the house. Uh, so number four came along. Um, the, the correct one from Dan's van it did have the cellophane on the front. Um, by and large, it's worked, but only slightly better than what we had before. So we will have outages every single day without fail. Uh, Wi-Fi will just go. Uh, occasionally, might be an Ethernet issue. Um, and it's just pretty poor service. So I've been on the phone to the someone in their managing director's office. Um, I've been on the phone. Well, I've got a whole history, I'm sure, if they look in the uh, on their logs of issues with the, uh, the connection. And just out of the blue the other day, they said, there's an engineer going to come and see you. And that's going to be today in about half an hour. Well, the slot is in half an hour's time, 12 to 4. Uh, so we'll see what they do. And apparently they're just going to run diagnostics. But one of the big things is that the telephones are going to move infrastructure for everyone across, well, the UK, possibly wider. And they're going to go from the sort of plug-in um, to the wall dedicated box for phones to plugging into your router. This is going to be the new way. So they become internet protocol IP phones. So I was told on the first installation by Dan that this would take about 48 hours to switch over. The line would be still available on the old plug-in. Uh, when it stopped working on there, it would plug into the router and it would be available on there. Well, so that was nearly three weeks ago now. And I've had not only no phone working on the old, but certainly no phone working on the new. So I've got no landline. And apparently they've been trying locally. Uh, at one point early in the week, they said, oh, we've done it. If you just go into your, log into your admin settings on your router and change this value, blah, 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 it'll work. It didn't. So I don't know if today's diagnostics visit is going to do anything. Um, believe it when I see it, of course. But uh, we've had no stable internet service since the 18th. And uh, I'm not going to be paying for that, obviously. When it works, it should be um, quite fast and it should have a 4G backup. But again, I, I don't believe, I'll probably tell the engineer that I don't believe that 
that is a thing because otherwise it would have saved me a few times before now. So we shall see what happens in 12 till 4 today, the day of recording. So uh, Sue had a party on Sunday and that was really great. We sort of decorated the house up and um, Fandy came over and it was a really, really lovely time. Uh, the weather behaved for the most part, not that it was an outdoor thing. Um, but yeah, Sue wanted, I think she said it was her first party since she was 10 and she's a bit older now. Uh, so that was really lovely. Um, loads of food. We got caterers in, concerto catering. They, that was really nice. And uh, yeah, the whole thing went really, really nicely. Uh, and then I'd made a complete surprise for what we were going to do on Monday, on the actual day of her birthday, on the 31st. So the day started with a train ride up to London. Uh, and I didn't tell Sue where we were going to go to until we were kind of there. And I'd looked up uh, a place for brunch, which you can't book. I did contact them, but you can't book, but they said, no, it wouldn't normally be a problem accommodating. So we went in there and there were some busy tables outside with those heaters and, you know, covers and things. This was on the South Bank in London, as I say, Black Penny. And um, we got a table inside by the window and uh, we waited for our order. Well, the coffee came, that was cold, and we waited and we waited and we waited. Now... I'd factored in plenty of time to just, you know, nosh some brunch and then get to where we needed to get to next, where we had a formal time slot. Um, and we were on the verge of walking out and maybe grabbing something from a street vendor. Uh, in fact, I'd just been to the loo and I thought, I'll just, I'm just going to go, grab my coat and we'll go. We'll walk out. We've had our coffee, but we'll have that for free. And we complained. Sue was very good. She complained to one waitress who the attitude of all the waiting staff was very poor. Um, and then she referred to the manageress and she said the whole thing's on the house and it, and the food then came. So we kind of ate it quicker than we would have liked, um, but at least we didn't have to pay for it, which I suppose is some kind of resolution. But it wasn't a great start to the day because this was my whole day of surprise things. Anyway, we wandered just around the corner. I had a 12.30 slot booked for the London Eye. So we went on the London Eye, you know, the big wheel opposite... Um, uh, well, New Scotland Yard and Westminster and stuff and it was brilliant first time I've been on there Sue's been on there at least once before but it was lovely and we had a nice crisp clear sharp beautiful bright day chatting to people on our little pod and uh, yeah it was really really nice really nice uh, then I realised I made a slight boo-boo on the second thing but I rescued it and I rescued it in the right way so just along from the London Eye is the Sea Life Centre uh, I had tickets for that from a different date and I managed to amend it. So we killed a bit of time, grabbed a coffee uh, or whatever drink and um, went to the Sea Life Centre and that was really, really good. Uh, I'd looked up to how long it might take to, you know, wander around there and it said one to one and a half hours. I think you need to allow longer. We could have probably gone and spent a bit more time there. But when we got to the end, I was slightly anxious about our dinner reservation. Well, early dinner, which was 4 p.m., why are you eating dinner at 4pm, Philip? Well, I will tell you. So we went to Brown's at Covent Garden, where we've been before. It's a nice kind of brasserie-style place. Um, food was served quite quickly. Uh, oh, just briefly, Black Penny, the, their excuse was staff shortages, which they didn't tell us at the beginning, otherwise we might have gone somewhere else. Anyway, ordered our mains. Uh, they came very quickly, really nice number of staff. And we were quite tired at this point, so we needed a bit of a sit-down. <laughs> And uh, Sue had a nice salad with some salmon and I had a linguine with prawns and chilli and it was really, really lovely. 
I mean, we went for the dessert. There was a bit of a pause before any staff came over to ask us about dessert, and we went for a dessert. And then we had to chase that up, and I said, look, I've got time tickets for where we need to go to next. And they were sorry, they were short with staff, which I think we've got to expect that. That's been a real hit on the catering industry, hospitality industry. So um, if you're in London or any big establishment place, uh, be prepared for long waits. But I think they should tell you. They really should tell you they're a bit slow or whatever. Um, Now, Sue was trying to guess where we were going to go for the final part of the evening, which was a theatre. I think she knew it was a theatre. And I, she she went through loads of different ones and I wasn't batting an eyelid. And then I decided that as we were getting nearer, we had about half an hour to go to our slot. I wanted to tell her because it wasn't like a normal theatre. And basically, I'd bought tickets for us to see Cabaret at the Playhouse Theatre, or it was styled as the Kit Kat Club. Uh, brilliant reviews, great show. And um, what happens is that they say you must be at your door, not before, but on the dot of 6.15pm. So we had to, and it, the rain was coming down by this sta- stage after a, a really nice day. So we went along and we queued up for a little bit of time and then the rain left off. Uh, then we went in and basically the way they do it there is that whilst you're enjoying a drink in the bar, uh, there's three bars that sort of serve the main theatre, or you can go to your seat. But anyway, you can go to the bar areas. They have kind of dancers and all in as if in the period of, or the atmosphere and the period of the age of the early 1930s in Berlin, and musicians. And it was really wonderful. So you're being entertained from that point onwards, really. And then the show starts at 7.30. Now, they did make a point at saying there are obviously two halves to the show. Uh, but the first half is one hour 45 minutes long and the second half is only about sort of 40 minutes long, um, 20 minutes in between. So they said if you did need to go out for, say, a comfort break, you wouldn't be allowed in before the interval. So they don't want people coming and going. It's not one of those sort of shows at all. So we were, it was made clear and we'd been to the loo and we were fine. And uh, We had some really nice seats. I paid £100 each for the, the seats um, and we were in the the sort of stalls level where they've got a few kind of dining seats uh, some of them are sort of dining as any and a dinner some are champagne and nibbles and then there's sort of our seats so we were in that general area but we'd obviously eaten elsewhere and I think I said to Sue I, I am denied about this but we uh, we were better being served by an actual restaurant I think than maybe a theatre style restaurant I mean I'm sure the food was fine but um, we had probably a bigger choice and all that kind of stuff so the show was absolutely incredible. Um, it really was. I, I, you know, it's it was something that uh, we'd heard about. Uh, I've had a few, um, you know, obviously changes of cast, and uh, actually one of the um, director team sat next to Sue on a spare seat, which was quite interesting. She was making notes and uh, things for monitoring the performance. Um, but it was a really lovely end to the day. Um, so the show finished about 10.20 and then we got a nice train back. And that was the end of a long day. And then the following day we had to take Dottie down to the vet and stuff like that. So we're now sort of getting back to normal. Uh, the house is kind of tidy-ish again. Although it's part of our massive tidy up. This room where I record this podcast gets to be a bit of a dumping ground. So it'll now force us into the discipline of doing some uh, some tidying up. And um, really what I've been doing since then in terms of my stuff is, uh, well, I did take some photos of the food for the caterers. I just said I'd share them. So I've done that. She was happy. Um, 
and I'm now back to doing some video editing. So I did a follow-up from Shell Recharge. I had a kind of feedback session with them after I'd made a video back in May because they didn't allow scheduling. And then they developed it. I was on their uh, uh, beta testing team. Uh, and it works much better. And they spoke with me and they kind of asked, would you make another video? Anyway, okay, yeah, I've done that. It's only a two-minute thing. But I made it kind of in my home studio here, which I've not done before. Uh, just to try out that kind of format. So so that video's gone live on uh, YouTube, had a few views, but I don't think it'd be a big viewer anyway. Um, what's interesting, though, is since making that, we've had the daylight clock change, and for some reason I cannot get the schedule to be what it was before, which was seven days a week, 30 minutes past midnight to 4.30am. It'll do it from Monday to Friday. It won't do the weekend. I have no idea why. I mean, I've keep trying I keep trying it every day and I might try it actually on well maybe tonight actually ready for tomorrow because I want to take advantage of the cheap rate electricity and just by chance Volvo came in and said oh you can do scheduled charging now I thought oh well if the shell one is being a bit iffy despite me having a conversation with them providing feedback blah 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 that's fine because I've now got backup I can just use the Volvo cars one what could be the problem so Plug the car in, so live plug going into the car. Set the schedule on the Volvo app, 12.30 to 4.30. Look an hour later and the car's charged up by about 20%. Clearly the scheduling doesn't work. Contacted them, they do this WhatsApp chat session, which is really good. So went back to them, they said, ah, oh, but did you log out and log in again? Uh, no, but I'll do that. Logged out and logged in again. The problem still happens. Went on to WhatsApp today, contacted Volvo and they said, it went away for about five minutes. I thought they'd killed the chat. But then they said, oh, no, uh, uh, yes, plug-in hybrids. We have internally withdrawn the option for scheduled charging. There's a problem, and the developers are working to fix it as soon as possible. I said, right, are you going to notify people of that? Or are, like I have, each Volvo customer going to have to work this out and then come back to you and say, oh, there's a problem with charging? Oh, uh, yeah, well, well, yes, we'll put a note out. Mm, okay. Then I said, how will I know when you've actually fixed it? Oh, will there be an app update? Well, you know, their app, app updates, try that again, their app updates, like so many you see on your app stores, will be bug fixes and improvements without actually saying what said bug fixes and improvements are. And I think they should just do a little list or send a link to a list on a website or something to say why and what they fixed. But anyway, uh, so that was that little video. Um, I need to put some serious hours into peak district video the peak district video to get that out i need to do my croydon video because the anniversary is with us i do one every november or i've done for the last couple of years that could have happened today but through a variety of reasons it's not been able to um i would also do our a delivery today of our solar blinds from velux which are now 15 weeks since we ordered them we ordered them in the hot weather we're going to get them in frost. Anyway, so that's going to happen. Um, so yes, so Croydon video, uh, Peak District video. I'm going to do a demo kind of tryout video for my 360 camera, probably at Sandstead Plantation, although I might take it to Croydon. I wanted to do Sandstead Plantation for some time. It's local green space. It's got a very high point there, and it's also got some nice views. I don't know if they're in the same place, but anyway. Uh, and then the water history video that's possibly going to keep me busy till the end of the year but who knows so back to work back to tidying uh 
back to podcasting. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, 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 uh, and uh, I will catch up with you in the next podcast, which hopefully won't be too far away. Take care. Bye.